This episode is in collaboration with Parsec Sabres. Jedi. Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Ahsoka Tano. Recap. Let's see what knowledge is lurking inside that little mind. Now tell me, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? So good. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy and welcome to Star Wars Sessions Ahsoka Recap. You know what time it is. It's Tarno time, still. And my name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he's the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. It's Luke Bly, it's Master Blywalker. How you doing, mate? Oi, oi, Savaloi. Yes, it is. It is Tarno time indeed, mate. I'm I'm like a space whale in the stars. I'm I'm, I'm loving it, mate. I'm loving Ooh, it. How are you? you? Okay. Are, are you ready to dive into some Ahsoka Part Six today? I I'm good. I'll say that to start with. I'm I'm very good. I've got a I've got my drink here. I've had my toast this morning. My buttery toast. It's getting colder out there now, mate. So it's proper recap weather now. It is. Um, so it I is. am ready to talk Ahsoka. And before I throw over. I'm going to acknowledge one more time. We'd like to acknowledge the WGA and SAG after strikes. And without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, the show we're talking about, Star Wars Ahsoka, wouldn't exist. Wouldn't be out there. Wouldn't be out there. We also feel that us discussing the show celebrates the insane amount of work that everybody on the production did without undermining our very fervent support for those on strike. Yeah, so uh, I'm good. How are you, mate? Are you doing good? And are you ready to talk some Ahsoka on this balmy Wednesday morning? I'm ready, mate. I am. I'm very, very ready. This is one of those episodes where I'm like, man, I need to talk about this. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot that I need to like almost get off my chest and I need to Ooh. like, I need to, I need to channel through the discussion through the podcast and I, yeah and I, I and it's not it's not all negative but yeah i'm looking forward to seeing your opinion on it mm. and kind of dissecting everything from the episode because a lot goes on a lot goes on in this episode there is a lot of info dumping there is a lot big old steamy dump mate there, so, there is that's a big old pile of exposition going on right there so uh, if you're new to the sessions that's the kind of content you're going to get um going forward but if you're new to the sessions recaps welcome i hope you dig what we're doing here but we do need to tell you that these recaps are spoiler heavy we go full spoiler with this we're not beating around any bush here we are going full spoiler so go check out the episode it's about 45 minutes long give or take without credits then come back and listen to what we have to say because we are going to go full spoilers so part six far far away directed by jennifer getzinger of westworld jessica jones man in the high castle fame's been doing a lot of stuff in the last few years and now she's here on ahsoka released on the 20th of september 2023 we're at the business end of the show now mate we're in the podium positions episode three two one left to go what we always do 
is give our top level thoughts on the Ooh. episode before we dive straight into well everything that happened in it. So, Lukey Boy, part six, far, far away. What are you thinking about this one coming off of last week's like, mega episode? Oh, far, far away. Uh, there is, I think, a lot to love and adore in this episode, but I can't help but feel at times, for me, it falls a little bit flat in certain mm-hmm. areas and it, it kind of just lets the whole episode down a, a wee bit, a wee bit. Some of it, I feel like is the direction, if I'm being quite honest, you know, um, and other parts, I think maybe the effects um, could have been sharpened up a little bit or just done in a, in, a, in a completely different way. And I always say, you know, it's so easy for us as viewers to sit there on our chair with a podcast mic and go, <laughs> I think it should have been this. I think it should have been of better. You, you know, so listen, I, I don't want to like undermine the, the absolute effort and talent that goes into a show or an episode like this. Um, I think my favorite parts of the episode were ones uh, were, were, were scenes that I wasn't particularly expecting to be the standout of an episode like this. So I'll say this when it's good, it's outstandingly good. Ooh. It's so absurdly star Wars that I just fall in love with it. Yeah. And I wear my heart on my sleeve. So like and my sleeves high up today, but nevertheless, I wear my heart on my sleeve, but but you know yeah that i I have in in some ways i've mixed emotions a mixed response in other ways i think it's absolutely fantastic can't wait to to like dig deeper into it like like what i said it's kind of like therapy these recaps are like therapy you know digesting everything and i mean last week mate went off a good episode you and i just Mm. sat here and we kind of shot the breeze and all sorts of things and we really took away a lot from that episode so yeah um, uh, let's see how this shapes up mate how are you feeling about it top level do, do your thoughts differ from mine were you like totally in love with this episode did you hate it what's going down um, it was an episode where where it was unro- unraveling. Uh, I was enjoying it, but I was slightly worried that things were moving a little bit too fast at points. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And as so as it turned out, that was the case. I think uh, I would have loved this episode to have been five ten minutes longer, just so we could have sat with specifically Sabine a little bit more uh, in in on the planet of Peridia to kind of see what this place is all about uh, before getting to the end bit. Uh, we didn't get that, but. Uh, no, I, I enjoyed this episode. I mean, yeah, last week was such a was such a boss episode. It was a bit, a little bit like coming off of the one way out episode of Andor, or even the Eye of um, whatever thing was called now. Eye of what was, it, what was that planet called? Aldani. Aldani. Yeah, that Aldani. episode where it was just like yeah. such a sensory and emotional overload that whatever came next would struggle to top it. Uh, and mm. there are obviously many episodes of Mando that are the same. Um, so I think this episode was a was a very good episode. It wasn't the best episode of the season, and like you, there were things along the way which I thought that doesn't that doesn't hit as hard as previous uh, showings have done of similar things. Or I think they could have dove into that a bit more, taking your time here a bit more. Um, but mm-hmm. they didn't. This is mm-hmm. the episode we got, and of course, that's the one we're going to dive into now. But at the top level, 
yeah, I, I liked it so far. It's unsurprisingly, we do try to be honest and keep things real, but you know, it's six for six so far. I'm not coming out of this episode thinking, oh my God, that was awful. No, I very <laughs> much enjoyed it. And actually the longer I've had to ruminate on it, I've watched it this morning. I haven't been able to watch it twice, but I've watched clips of it back and forward. The more I've kind of sat on it and I've thought, yeah, actually, no, I, I, I actually really like the tone of the episode, like the tone and the atmosphere, Ooh, yeah. like the foreboding tone. Like, that works for me maybe more than the substance that is actually within the episode, I think, for, for me. No, I love it, mate. I love it. I mean, we talk about, like, tone. I've managed to, by the way, watch the episode twice, and oh, I it. really enjoyed it both times. Second time, I think I enjoyed it a bit more. Okay. Um, but I'll, 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 I'll say this, the music... The music in this episode, maybe, maybe the best so far of the season. And the music's been really good. The Kiners have smashed it. Mate, the music in this episode, particularly, oh, Thrawny, Thrawny, Thrawny's theme. Oh, Oh, my days. When will that be on Spotify? When will that be on Spotify? I need... I need it in my life, Matt. I need it in my life. Fantastic. Really, 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 really good. Really impressed with the music. But yeah, even tonally, uh, the, the the visuals were fantastic. Really fantasy. We've we've kind of uh, hammered the point, you know, a way that at times Ahsoka really feels like a love letter or certainly inspired by Middle Earth and Tolkien's works, you know, and, and, and this comes through again with space Scotland. That's basically what we've got. <laughs> and, and that's what's funny that you mentioned old Darnie, which of yeah, course yeah. was filmed in the Scottish Highlands. And it's nearly a year ago since, since I visited Scotland and, uh, and, and went to old Darnie. I went to the, the to uh Kirken Dam. Kirken Dam. Yeah. In, in, in Scotland, which was stunning. Absolutely beautiful. I love Scotland. Cold. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and a little bit. It's always cold like, up there. Like 10 degrees colder than, <laughs> than Essex, Thrawn, mate. Thrawn's oh, actually mate, just what? a Caucasian guy, but it's so cold. He's always blue, isn't he, up there in Scotland? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mate, the music, mate. I, I think what you're trying to say is it's a kind of magic. Yeah, they mm. work. Dad joke. Very um, good. I'll take that. Slow, slow, clap. slow clap. I was waiting there, like, come on, let me say it. Let me say it. Let me say it. Uh, yeah, the, mu- the music, mate, was great. And if you're going to reveal Thrawn, and again, for, for those who are new, we kind of jump all over the place before eventually deciding to talk about certain parts in, in full. We will, of course, talk about Thrawny Boy. But if you're going to reveal the Grand Admiral, you've got to have a Grand entrance you've got to have music which matches the pomposity of it all and they really Ooh. did the music was fantastic and you mentioned yeah the, 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 there is Tolkien for days throughout in this you've got walks you've got there's a, there's a shot of sheen and balen leaving the what looks like a castle on walk back i was like this is pure that's like aragorn and the lads leaving but yeah for me as well, you, <laughs> we talk about big boy Balin and, you know, very Shakespearean in the way he handles himself. This episode basically says, Shakespeare, oh, we'll just, we'll just impart a little bit of actual Shakespeare into the narrative. As soon as Thrawny turned up with the three witches, I was like, oh man, they are, they are going full, as in like Shakespeare tragedy here. I don't know if, if people who aren't, familiar with the story i won't go into it too much but in the scottish play should we call it macbeth there are three witches who represent evil like chaos and carnage 
and they can fore- foresee things and foreshadow things and they are used as um as mystics essentially as they are here with Thrawn. and then how they end up and how the character Macbeth ends up having aligned with them we well, let's just see if this show follows that but i was like this is a clear nod to shakespeare's Macbeth. and uh, last week we had uh, jonah and the whale and the very religious um symbolism and iconography and here is shakespeare we've had uh tolkien throughout pretty big influences there right <laughs> pretty high lofty goals i mean uh, it's it's like I'm back in Bromford's, mate. Bromford School in Wickford's doing GCSE <laughs> oh, English again. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> uncanny. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Last week I thought there was a lot of uh, biblical leanings. Yeah. This week I think yeah we're we're diving into. There's a little bit of that, but there's m- more diving into other mythology. You're seeing Dave Filoni's influences really come through into this story. And I thought it was interesting that last week we essentially got, you know, Ahsoka uh, 90% of the episode, right? It's a deep dive into Ahsoka where she is her, her kind of uh, repositioning of her faith and her kind of goal goals in life. Like where, where is she going? What is her trajectory? This week we get a smidge of Ahsoka at the beginning and for the rest of it, you're seeing, well, what's everyone else doing? What's Sabine doing? What are our villains doing? You know, and are they the are they the villains? Who are the bad guys here? There's there's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. Lot to unpack, mate. Um, I want to start off with the start of the episode. You got Huyang and Ahsoka yeah. chit chatting, talking about stories. Ahsoka is obviously worried about what's happening, and and that Sabine. I think it's really sobering to her that Sabine chose to go with them. That she wasn't taken. Willingly. She wasn't. She wasn't. Yeah, she willingly went yeah. with them. She wasn't captured. This was a choice. This was her choice, and so I think. Ahsoka's just digesting that and Hu Yang's kind of just trying to to reason with her. You know, maybe it's it maybe it was the only choice for Sabine. And Ahsoka's like, well, it's a choice she still made for herself. He's like, well, you know, yeah. that's your fear though. That's your fear. You're letting that get in the way again. Don't let you've just learned a, a really important lesson. Don't let fear come in the way now. We're in a we're in a whale. Yeah, <laughs> we're we hey, are a whale of a time. We're, uh, there we go, mate. Oh. There we go, and we're in. We are light speeding our way to Peridia, yeah, to another galaxy oh, far, wow. far away. And you know, there's this talk of tales and stuff, and I think just to make them both feel better, there's this exchange of of of, of what stories were being told and. Hu Yang starts with, well, ha, let, let me tell you one of these stories then. Come on then, right? Gather around the fire, kids. Here we go. All right, I'll tell you a story. A long time ago in a <laughs> galaxy far, far away. I, I loved it. It's very meta. It's very self-conscious. For me, it worked. I can imagine it not working for some people. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Thoughts? Question? I, I had... I- I had to swap my nose because there, there was something right on it, right on the end of my nose. It's so on the nose, it hurt. But I loved it because, listen, if you want to be pedantic, they are those those stories were set literally in another galaxy far, far away from where they were. So it actually works from a uh, in-universe yeah. point of view as well, other than being a kind of, 
you said the thing kind of Leo DiCaprio meme, but uh, yeah, exactly. Winking so hard, your wink, eyes fall out. Wink, but wink. I dug it. And to be honest, mate, we might as well just get the Ahsoka stuff out of the way early because, like you said, she's only in it for about the first two minutes. But um, yeah. I like that. Actually, on that point, because we know that Baylor and Sheen, Morgan, and the lads, they left way before Ahsoka did. They 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 had the head start, so they should mm-hmm. be there first. And had had the episode opened. You know, with them getting there and Ahsoka being up five, 10 minutes behind, you know, it wouldn't have worked just from a time point of view. So I'm glad that it actually set up the fact that, yeah, she's still en route. She's got a way to go. And in the meantime, you know, life continues with what's happened with Sabine and the lads. But um, yeah, I, I liked this. I remember like, joking last week that we're not going to get a whole episode in the in the mouth of a whale. And when it opened in the mouth of the whale, I thought, oh, no, it's just going to be those two talking. And when he mentioned like the uh, the history of the galaxy parts one, two and three, the stories that the, the younglings were told of the temple, I thought, is this going to be a flashback episode where we're just going to see like young Ahsoka <laughs> in the temple? I thought, please don't. Not because I don't want to see that, but you know, we've had tales of the Jedi. That's fine, but it wasn't that. But to be fair, had it been, I'm sure they would have would have been pretty fit. But um, I love what you said though when they were when they were saying when when Ahsoka is she's just you know had this literally like life defining moment or life saving changing whatever you want to throw at it moment. And even still in the cockpit, like you said, she says, you know, so, so Sabine made that choice for herself. There is a, a frustration, a disappointment, a negative connotation to those words, which are not befitting of, you know, her of her newfound status potentially. Or has she cleansed herself of, you know, all of the kind of dogmatic teachings of the order and allows herself to feel these ways without clouding it? We don't know yet. But um, yeah, I love that Hugh, Hugh Yang's just, he says, the force provides you of insight, but it doesn't give you all the answers. I like that as well because, you know, there is at times the fear that the force is just used as a kind of ex machina, the deus ex machina. Oh, I'm in trouble. Uh, use the force to get you out of all situations. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. Hu Yang to say that, no, it, it can po- point the way and it, yes, it can help, but it doesn't always give you the answer. You need to find out yourself. And anyone who's played the Star Wars Jedi game knows some of those puzzles. I wish I had the force to use them because I couldn't do them very easily. But um, yeah, I like I like this part. It's it's a nice way of saying that. Look, so this is where she is. She's en route. Her and Hu Yang are just chatting about the old times um, before, like a potential new beginning starts. And yeah, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It's it's fun. It's and I think that's what it should be treated as. Just a bit of fun. Have a wink at the audience and. That's Ahsoka's story done for this episode. But yeah, I like that they showed the passing of time and that she didn't just arrive immediately after, mate. Is it me or did uh, Lightspeed look really different oh, in yeah. this episode? Yeah, you know? it looked and like it's like, funky, like disco-like almost. Right. You've got this kind of orange streak of lightning going yeah. through it. And it's, it's like purpose, so, isn't it? It's for the Purgles, but it's the also ring. for the, uh, the, 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 yeah, the Eye of Sion, you know. But there's and so much like, power well, being used to get to another galaxy, I think, is what it is, is the whole point. I think they're just showing sense. that this is this is different. This isn't the hyperspace you know. I see. Now that does make sense. That does make sense. This isn't this isn't just Filoni's like artistic style <laughs> or <laughs> interpretation <laughs> of <laughs> light speed. Because I was like, really? We're doing a different No, no I think that it's makes just a lot of different sense. view. Yeah. yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Okay. Brilliant. Um um that's 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 fair game. Doesn't That's mean the purples game. didn't look awful going through the going through the hyperspace route, but it was. Yeah, you weren't a fan, not a fan. I was. I, I was. It, I think. It, I think it's just a, a me thing, or not even a me thing. It's just the whole disbelief, almost that you're just trying to get used to the fact that 
you're in hyperspace, which looks different anyway. And then you've got these tentacled whales floating through it and trying to kind of comprehend what's going on. And your, your brain is telling you this is mental and it's almost no, picking it out the flaws. But, and, and how, and how do you make trip. that look good, good or real or whatever? But I mean, it, I wasn't the biggest fan of the visuals of that and also some throughout, but at the same time, how do you make that look plausible? So, you know, I, it gets a pass, but it was noticeable to open the episode with. I think with this episode, sometimes it was the lighting. And that's why I say up top, you know, the direction I don't, I, I don't think was always that polished in this episode. I, you know, at times I was, I was like, wow, that's lit quite dark. You know, that's lit really brightly. And mm-hmm. it just didn't always come across as quote unquote. And I, d- I don't like using this as a cop out term. I mean, you know, I'm going to use it. It doesn't always fall as Star Wars y as it should. Because in Star Wars, generally, we're used to really good lighting and we're used to mm-hmm. certain moods and tones, right, to, to convey a point and a message. And so, yeah, I'm, do you know what? I'm going to echo your, your sentiments on that. You know, I think I'm probably a little bit more favor- favorable on it than yourself, but still, you know, it could, could be improved. A lot of things could be improved, though. Do you know what I mean? A lot of things. And once again, just going off of what you said a minute ago, we're coming off the back of like a really, really impressionable episode of Star Wars, not just Ahsoka, just Star Wars in general. So that comparison is maybe always going to feel a little bit unfair. You know, it was always going to be an uphill battle for this episode, I think, really in retrospect and and in hindsight. Um, Balin and Shin are back. Yes. And it's great to have them on our TV screens again, mate. They are they are just so good. I love so love good. Yeah. Yes, Dan. I, I, I love seeing them on screen. They just bring a dynamic to this show that I thoroughly enjoy and love. I really, really, really do. And a lot of it's just the actors. A lot of it's just the casting. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Brilliant. It's only taken five episodes for you to feel like that, mate. Well, yeah. less than that, but they weren't in the yeah. last one. So five episodes and you and you love them. You, you you need to see them, don't you, almost? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that was that was one of the things of last week. It's like they, it was noticeable that they were absent, you know, and I, I understand why they were absent from the episode, but it, that, it's weird how, I think I said a few recaps ago, it's weird how they already feel like they've been a part of the mythology, the franchise, for a while. Like yeah. there's something about these characters that I thoroughly enjoy. And we get, we get a bit more about what what Balin's goal is here and really I think a bit of Shin's personality where Shin's kind of going you can kind of feel that Shin's going Balin what you know what are we doing you're on you're on the search for yeah what's going on we're we're on this search for like power and what you think you're going to find it in this wasteland like I don't get it I don't get what this is and Balin's like no not the wasteland but this was the home to the witches of Dathomir, <laughs> the Dathomiri or whatever Dathomiri. they're called. Which is pretty cool. I like that. I kind of like that plural use it. of Dathomir. Uh, yeah, mate, I I loved them. I loved these guys. And in this episode, it was particularly good. We get some really good monologue and dialogue between them both. Uh, Balin is explaining kind of the Jedi in here. Once again, he's reiterating his feelings of like the Jedi being wrong in effect, which he's not necessarily incorrect per se 
in what he's saying. It's just his attitude and his reaction to his yeah, yeah. upbringing in the Jedi Order is completely like out of whack. It's a really unreasonable reaction to what happened. But I suppose, especially after last week's episode, we hear that that Balin was a general in what we can assume was the Clone Wars, right? And he he's, he probably had that moment like Ahsoka where, you know, you're looking around and thinking, what the heck are we doing? We're meant, to be, we're, we're meant to be the Jedi. We're just like on the front lines leading clone troopers into war. Like this isn't what we're about. And he he is, I've used this word a lot in this series. He is the antithesis of where Ahsoka is, I think, really, yeah. in, 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 a, in many ways, many ways. Love it. Yeah, no, I love that. They just, we mentioned up top exposition and lore dumps, and these guys are mainly the cause for it. When just when they're talking, uh, Shin, we, we find out that she was, you know, she wasn't brought up as a Jedi. She was, she was trained to be much more than that. Because um, mm-hmm. she, because, you know, she's, they, they, I think they, he calls Ezra a, a Baroque Jedi, I believe he calls him, which is a, a Jedi who was trained in the wild, a, a Boken Jedi, a Boken That's Jedi. It. That's it, a Bokken, Bokken Jedi. To Jedi who were trained in the wild, and she said, what, like me? And he said, no, 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 no. You were trained to be much more. And yeah, it's good that we get, because listen, we all love Shin, we all love Balin, but it's great to hear that a little bit more about them. We love seeing them because they, visually, they look great. They they radiate this really, really cool presence. But you need to have something behind that. And we're getting a little bit more now. Balin keeps talking about his time in the temple. For somebody who is done with the Jedi, he done half talk about being at the temple and the stories and the folklore, <laughs> which, and we, we've also said that, you know, is, is he going to be the one to turn his shin through, through many times in this episode, I'm looking at Balin, like, is he going to keep his promise to Sabine, which he seemingly does. But then is there something behind it? At one point, Shin even says that master, you, you, you said you were going to keep your promise. What's going on with this? And there, there's flip flopping here. And now I'm starting to think, well, I don't know who's going to be the one, if any of them are going to become turned back to the light, but they, they sow those seeds. But I loved hearing Balin talking about Peridia. He calls it a land of dreams and madness and mm. children's stories coming to life. And that's the stories that he heard in the temple. He's spoken about the temple a lot, which I love that he just can't let it go. I really like that. The folklore that he was told. Um, and he said, and, 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 and his idea of transience as well, where he's, you know, he's, He's saying, look, when I was your age, I saw the temple, but everything burnt, Shin. I, you know, I saw everything I once loved and held dear burnt. And I couldn't make sense of it then. But uh, as you get older and you look at history, you realise all this is inevitable. It's a cycle. We've had, we have the Republic, you have an empire, we have a Republic. And Shin says, it must be our time now. You see that kind of power lust in her eyes. This is our time. Mm-hmm. This alliance mm-hmm. will give us the power we need. And he's like, no, the power that Thrawn wants it's fleeting. You know, that, that again, the cycle will repeat. He'll be throw, overthrown. What I want is the beginning. I want to bring an end to the cycle. And if the old stories are true, Peridia, mate, is where it's happening on the home on the ancient world of the Dathomiri. Which you know, it's a funny thing to teach in the Jedi Temple as well. You know about the witches of Dathomir. Funny mm. kind of thing for them to teach kids. It is big time, mate. I wonder if like. If Balin's end goal here, and I think there's been a lot of mystery uh, on on purpose about where the the goal is, where the end game for these characters are, and 
I, I wouldn't be surprised at this point where we've had a show where we have Clone Wars flashbacks. We got like space whales. We got little aliens uh, that are like <laughs> snail people. Rock turtles. We'll get to that, guys. We will get to that. Don't, don't worry about that, guys. Don't you worry. Do not you worry. Um, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if like Balin. Well, he's heard about the the the, the Dathomiri, the the witches, the Night Sisters. He's heard about uh, lots of things. Peridia. He he's talking about all of these tales, and I think he's trying to see if like if if these are indeed reality, and you know, it's proving to be true. You know, who's to say that he's not going to end up going? You know, to yeah, uh, what what's it called? The uh, where the father, the son, and the Mortis. Uh, the, the Mortis. Thank you. Like maybe he's on the look for for something like that. He wants to go to somewhere ethereal. He wants to go somewhere beyond physical because he's the way he's talking. It, it actually seems like he's just broken. That he just does not believe in not just the Jedi but the galaxy, the system in general. And he he just feels like look, it can't be fixed. This world. This system cannot be fixed. It's completely broken. And therefore, something needs to happen. And that even needs to be something that transcends physicality or just indeed obliterates physicality, right? Like it needs to be one or the other because, or maybe it's something a lot more simple than that and I'm just missing it. But I'm really interested in the dynamic. And you can see Shin isn't a believer, like you can tell Shin's mm. like, mm, I'm kind of going along with this because this is all I know. And, you know, this is my fatherly figure, but I'm not 100% on board. But I don't blame her because obviously, I, and apparently, he's not explained everything to her. So yeah, th- yeah. that's why the audience get to know what's going on because there's, yeah. they're like, well, let's have a bit of dialogue where we explain stuff <laughs> between <laughs> the characters. Let's have a dump. So, yeah, sometimes it's a little heavy-handed. Sometimes it's a little heavy-handed. I'm like, oh, no, I get you guys. Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah. hey, let's have a conversation at the end of this this Stonehenge place. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Another Stonehenge place, but um, yeah, but there, I there like, is. There is I, like the stone, I like the Stonehenge place because it, it obviously mirrors the one that is built in the other galaxies. So yes. they like talk to each other. A bit like how there were multiple henges in, in Britain, wasn't there? Like, yeah. So in during like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. No, no, it's like a landing point, isn't it? They like say speaking to each other is prevalent because the witches even say to, to Morgan Elspeth, you know, you you heard us in your dreams. So they were the one communicating and not Thrawn, like you thought. But yeah, Shin and Balin, those two are great together. It just, just, just they've got nothing to do for the first part, so they literally just have to talk. And yeah, she's like, "Do you miss? Do you miss the order?" He's like, "No, no, no. I miss the idea of the order." which I think is such a cool line. I miss the idea, which is kind of what you've said. And we've, and we've said on the recaps is that, and on our main shows that you know, the Jedi aren't bad or evil. They just lost their way and they lost what it was to be a Jedi. And Balin himself says, I missed the idea of that, but the truth, the weakness, there's no, there's no future there. Um, mm. And mm-hmm. what is he searching for? Is he searching for Mortis? Is he searching for that world between worlds kind of purgatory where he can, kind of control space and time i hope not because that might be a little bit too weird but um <laughs> yeah I, I love that you know shin is also like look these guys they they, they want to they, they what i can tell that as soon as they get a chance they're jumping back to the known galaxy and i think that we should leave as well and he's and he's like no 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 no. 
I can I can see something. I can hear it. You know, can't you? Mm. Can't you feel this? What's going on here? And then they meet the bandits, and he's like, "Yeah, they're our friends for now." But they're kind of flip flopping. It's almost like Balin is going mad. It's it's it, it's a classic fantasy tale, and Tolkien did also do this as well. But of you know the the the, the man or the person who gets too much power and loses his mind for power. Balin's almost kind of losing his direction. He, you know, the smart thing would be to get out of Dodge, but he's like, no, 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 so, something calls me here. We, we, you know, we can stay here. He's almost like wide-eyed almost at points. Rashin is kind of like, no, just, you know, what, what is it that we want? We should get out of here as well. I think maybe she knows that if they don't get off with, uh, get off planet with Thrawny and Elsbeth, that they ain't getting <laughs> off planet at all. Cause that was made explicitly clear that, you know, when Thrawn's ship goes, you're going of course they don't know that until the end that ahsoka's on her way but yeah those two together it was great to see them it was nice to get a little bit of backstory it's nice to get little kind of flakes and sprinkling of shin you know that she she was a, a bok, trained in the world a bok and jedi if you will but she's she wasn't trained like that she was trained to be more so just little bits here and there mate so if you're going to give us an exposition dump give us some substance to it and i think they did yeah they did they sprinkled some subby they sprinkled mm. some Subway yeah, on, our, on our meal. Oh, cheeky, mate. Cheeky. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What if it? What if this really does... I, you know, I hate to bring it up, guys, but what if this does tie into the rise of Palpatine again? What if this ties Hopefully. into Exegol? What if Balin's being drawn to to another galaxy? Oh, it turns out, oh, Exegol's like a planet or two over there. And yeah, <laughs> who knows? Who knows what sort of crate like? What I said, space whales, guys. Yeah, anything can happen. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Any, anything could happen. Anything that could happen. And, and I'm really excited to see what 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 the goal is here. I'm so happy to see Balin and Shin back. Uh, they are absolutely fantastic. And as they arrive in Peridia, I've got my notes here, mate. The lads arrive in Peridia. That's all you need to know, guys. That is expert note taking right there. The lads arrive <laughs> the lads. in Peridia. <laughs> Um, and and Balin kind of explains the route again via like the he, it's almost like he's reminding us, hey guys, this is how we got here. Wink yeah. <laughs> to, to the audience again. It's, Classic. Sometimes it's whether it's dialogue or, or just actions in this episode aren't always finessed that well. I don't think there's just a yeah, way right. to do it that have been. I, I think these things have been handled a lot better in in in, in the episodes to precede the sixth part of Ahsoka. But this is the sixth part, and it yeah, sixth part. Yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, Peridia. It's a graveyard. We see like whale. We see whale. The space whale carcasses just make up this like orbital ring that goes around the planet yeah. around Peridia and you're like, oh wow, this is, this this is a bit different. I'm here for it. Whenever whenever I we see it. new Yeah. Yeah. Whenever we see new stuff in Star Wars that kind of pushes the boundary, that pushes what we've seen before, I'm always a fan of that. I'm always a fan of that. And Ahsoka as a series has done that really, really well, I I, I feel. And then you get that you got that sweet gold pimped out looking ship that just like docks out of the eye of Sion. You're like, mate, wow, this <laughs> dripping for days in that. Looks a little bit old Republic. Maybe that's the point of it, but I'm like, oh wow, that's that that is a look. Yeah. That is a look all gold. Move, okay. isn't it? 
And yeah, they, they go and land down in Middle Earth slash space Scotland. That is, uh, <laughs> that is pretty. Yeah. And it's, do you know what, mate? There are scenes in this episode where I'm like, did I, I, I kind of, I, I, I found myself sitting on the sofa thinking, did they actually film this in, in Scotland or the UK or like Ireland or something like one of the, British Isles like and I don't think they did I do think it is don't volume, they don't, did. at times at times I'm like no no this looks very good this looks very good other times it's more noticeable that it's volume or that it's maybe CG or you know whatever but I was really impressed with the location I really like really really liked it and it's obviously this planet is either in this season all the time or it's in a season where it's autumnal or it's winter. Things are dying. It's it's hard to live there. It's it's a tough place to live, and that really comes across with the rest of the um, episode. We see their ship land on uh, top of the the, the 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 henge, the other Stonehenge. We should call it the more crisp, clean looking Stonehenge. Yeah, and, that which, which seems to be on top of this like mix between uh Mordor, Isengard Sauron. Yeah. and the Washington Monument um where you've just got the <laughs> the henge plonked on top of it and there are the night sisters and they're like hey you're right <laughs> how are you doing how are you doing how are you doing I, I liked. I, I did like the look of it. I, I, I'm sure there'll be detractors who say, "Oh, wow, there's there's nothing to it. It's just a grass planet." Woo! But at the same time, you know, it. being in another galaxy doesn't mean that everything's going to be inverted and mental and weird. It's just, it's, it, that's not what it means. It's just, it's the same as the known galaxy, just well over there. <laughs> it's just, it's not going to be mental. Yeah. You know when and. I like the look of it. I like the, you know, they stuck a few stone monuments in with the kind of classic Dathomiri um, architecture on, like the big, wide, fa- big faces, the big, wide mouths, a kind of petrified look to them. So they kept that in. Uh, as Morgan says, this is the ancient home of the Dathomiri, and her people were among the first to like, harness the power and ride the Pergil before, like, way mm-hmm. before so many other civilizations existed. Again, we're getting a sense of how old this place really is and yeah the yeah the gold ship boss love it love a bit of that but yeah we the night sisters so we haven't really we'd never i don't think and let, I, I can't think of a time we've ever seen a night sister in live action now we've seen them in clone wars seen them in rebels we've seen them in the star wars jedi games of course of merin mm. we've never seen them in live action so this is the first time that we we've ever seen them and i didn't mind them i thought they looked okay quite like the look of them and one of them's called the great mother we know that from the Clone Wars, we had Mother Towsin, who got um, skewered uh, by a grievous kebab, um, yeah. and yeah, they are very mysterious. I like the the way I like the way they were shot. You know, kind of they had low angle shots looking up at them. I like that, and they were ominous enough. They looked creepy enough, um, and they're like, you look, this is, it stinks. It reeks of Jedi here, and they all look at Sabine, and I actually expected them to turn around and be like, no, 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 not her, him, and point at Balin. But no, they you know they reeks of Jedi. They look at Sabine. Obviously, um, some of Ahsoka's perfume has got onto her clothes, and they can smell that. But uh, yeah, they they stick her in this kind of like laser um, imprisonment and walk her into prison, which I thought was like, that's pretty cool. That's one way to get her out of the 
out of the story onto our own journey. Fine with that. But yeah, we find so I say finally, we we see the the Night Sisters, the the three witches as I've called them, uh from Macbeth, which I do think is a clear reference. Um Yeah. Yeah, 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 I know that you've said previously that the knights, like the witches and the magic, isn't. Yeah, it's not usually. It's not your kind of. You don't dig it too much usually, but no, like seeing them in live action now, all doled up like that. <laughs> did, did, did 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 you did you like them? Do you think? I mean, because obviously this is a different galaxy. This is their home world. If you're one of them, what, what are you hmm. thinking? I mean, uh, the galaxy is big enough for different groups to have different interpretations of the force and how the galaxy works. It. It doesn't necessarily make them right. Like the Night Sisters, clearly in, in canon, aren't depicted as quote unquote the good guys, are they? Right? They they're usually yeah. a little bit twisted. You're like, ah, I think you got the wrong end of the stick here. Yeah, um, a bit more. Uh, I I feel really split about it, to be honest. I think that sometimes just the use of the words like magic. In, I, I know it's really surface level, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just being shallow. Um, but the point is, it's like, guys, yeah, we we get there's there's a lot of references to other mythology here, but and I suppose there are different interpretations of what the Force is. It's just it doesn't always work for me, and even visually, although it's it's it mixes things up, it looks a wee bit different. I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. On the other hand, it does a look it, it it does look a little bit Doctor Who, doesn't it? Like the the outfits, <laughs> and I'm like, there's something about it that just it doesn't scream inherently Star Wars to me. And again, that's the second time I've said that this mm-hmm. this episode on this recap. And I don't mean to just fall back on what what could be seen as like such a cheap um comparisons like oh it don't feel star warsy but there's just something about it that i'm not always a big fan of however i know that maybe i'm in a minority maybe uh a lot of people especially if they grew up with clone wars will probably disagree with me and that's fine that's 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 really good i actually thought in this episode for the most part they were they 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 served a purpose and they were actually quite they were still quite mystical and interesting enough but I don't know. Don't know if I'm fully sold on them just yet. Let's see. Let's see how much crazy stuff they do in the next episode. <laughs> Where they, <laughs> I mean, yeah. What, what do you think? Am I? Yeah. You, yeah. No, it's no. I, I again, I, I don't mind them. I think I'm more up on them than you are because I don't. I don't mind yeah. the idea as much because um, that must be the horror background. I love a bit of um, oddness, but and again, the whole Phil Star Wars thing. I, I dig you, my man. I know what you mean. I kind of just look at it as, like you say, it's a big old galaxy. There's like, trillions and trillions of people out there. There's, for me, there's going to be different kind of cults and views of how things are and you know, little tiny pockets of the galaxy. No, I dig it. But like you said, there was something about them. I love the, I love the red and how that, um, how the, the, the robes they wore in terms of the color and how that really offset against the more drab looking environment in comparison. But I do wish that, uh, and this isn't just me saying, "Oh, isn't that the best story ever?" But when you watch, when you watch play the Star Wars Jedi, especially Fallen Order game, and you see Merin, I feel like here they went for the Clone Wars look with the kind of almost like very sharp angled robes. At one point on mm. a side-on view, it looked like they had like, traffic cones on their head. Whereas in Fallen Order, Merin's just wearing like, a robe with a hood. You know, it's still kind of ornate, but it's a hood, and it looks a little bit more practical shall we say and a little less wacky so i kind of wish they'd gone for 
for that where they just had long robes with hoods on um kind of like in a, almost like palpatine in a way if you know what i mean like that but just make it look a little bit more nice history rather than the full-on kind of clone wars angular look but they, they you know again it's it's neither here nor there they've been portrayed in both ways with the with the hood and with the traffic cone so you know that they pick that one and it's fine it, it comes down to how i always think other people are going to look at it we know the night sisters but so far you know newbies will have just seen like space whales and like now there's these witches in red robes and some blue fella we know what are you what, what are what are the casuals thinking about all this and i don't mean to say that in a derogatory like the casuals but those who maybe aren't so well versed like, what is going on i just thought it was like good and evil and lightsabers and darth vader and now we're getting all this stuff <laughs> it's opening the doors and it is getting weird but sometimes i think star wars needs a bit of weirdness to to maybe flush out the idea that things aren't star warsy enough maybe they do need to start breaking i've said this before maybe they need to break down some parameters all right all of this is it's just you know as long as it's as long as it's got some of that dna to it still it's got to obviously keep something inherently star warsy about it but i don't mind the nicest i'm but I quite I, I I I liked them. I thought I liked how they came across. I just thought, yeah, the the robes looked a little bit odd. I love the way you just put that. I really enjoy that, mate. And yeah, you've added just a little bit of perspective, I suppose, on 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 even my own thoughts on it. So yeah, I appreciate that, mate. And I love that there was there was a valid reason for them to be there. Obviously, it's hinted at in the rest <laughs> yeah. of the season or earlier before that, like. That, that that Morgan is almost commun- communicating with something beyond, right? And it turns out, oh, it is these Night Sisters on Peridia. And she says, Oh, your visions guided me across the stars. And there's obvi- yeah. and, and it comes into play later on when they're like, Oh yeah, there's a, a we we think there's a Jedi on the way. And the uh, uh, Thrawn's like, Oh, wh- how why didn't you why didn't you tell me about this? I'm like, well, it's yeah. a loose thread. It wasn't for certain. We didn't see it happening because always in motion the the, the future is, right? So you, cool. you, there is things that you can say for certain will happen, but the destiny, the future is always in people's hands, right? It's not just written in a scroll somewhere, and that's definitely going to happen. That's not Star Wars. That isn't a galaxy far, far away. It's not how this mythology works, and I love that. I really, really liked that exposition that, that the Night Sisters provided in this episode. It explains a little bit more of just getting from A to B and a little bit more about this like other galaxy, right? So I'm so here for it, mate. I am so here for it. And guess what? Do you know what else I'm here for, mate? Do you know what else I'm here Ooh. for? Ooh. You tell me, mate. Tell me. Yeah, go on. Parsecsabers.com, mate. Smooth. Oh. Yeah, I know. I know, guys, this episode was brought to you by ParsecSabers.com, our good mates that we met at Star Wars Celebration. They do they do the best, the best lightsabers. they got the best customer support. They are legends. They're based here in the UK. And, mate, I've been playing around with my son's lightsaber, Luke Skywalker's lightsaber Ooh. from Return of the Jedi. So guess what? If... If, if I want to get the app up and I, and I, and I want to change the color from green to like blue or purple or rainbow, I can do that. It's great. It's crazy. The sound effects are good. And it comes, something I wanted to say as well, mate, is it comes. Let me go get it, actually, because it's always fun to have a little bit of distance. And the case it came in looks like 
it came in like this top secret metal container. Like the, these things are not getting damaged in transit. No way. Yeah. Look at this case. And it's, it comes it's with beefy. A sniper yeah. rifle in there. I know, right? And it's like, no, what's that? Is it carrying a sniper? No, mate. It's my Parsec lightsaber. So, <laughs> and for someone like me, mate, if I was going to yeah. take my lightsaber to a convention or something anytime soon, I'm a little bit self-conscious. And there are some people out there who love to who will ride the uh, underground dressed as a Night Sister, for example, or a Sokotano. I'm a bit worried, but I'm a bit self-conscious. I don't want to, you know, I don't want people to look at me with a lightsaber and think, oh, what a nerd. I put this in that case they're just going to think I'm a really good like, flute player or something because it's really inconspicuous as well. Uh, and like you say, nothing's getting damaged there. And I've mentioned the Jedi Survivor games. I've got the Survivor variant here of Cal Kestis' lightsaber. I love it. We've said it before and we're going to keep saying it because we genuinely mean it. These things are high quality. I've actually dropped it once trying to do the kind of like spin it between my fingers and damage <laughs> it. So I can also attest that they are hardcore in that. And... On the app, the Xeno Configurator app, gets a bit late at night. You don't want to wake the neighbours up. Just put the app on. You can turn the volume down. You can mute it. You can do whatever you want with it like that. It is everything at your fingertips. And the best part is Parsec Sabres, they offer fantastic value and customer service, but at a price which is better than the other similar brands out there parsec they their mission is to provide the same quality and better than others but not to price you at the market and they offer many many uh, tiers of lightsabers from the apprentice which is your uh, beginners if you will to the character inspired ones but all of them have the same quality that if you want to go and have a jewel with your mate you can do because they are made to be beaten around so you get good quality, but you do pay a bit less. And that is something that we hear. We love. Luke's likes a bargain, don't you, mate? You love a bargain. I, I, I love a bargain. I, I live for a cheeky bargain. Uh, so why don't you tell the people about our super special deal, our super special discount that's exclusive to Star Wars Sessions listeners? Tell us about it, mate, boy. I will do because we want you to uh, the dest- I've foreseen this in the threads of destiny that you guys need one of these sabers <laughs> mate, get one for your mates you've got the holiday season coming up what a present you could get there go to parsecsabers.com and you can get 10% off a character inspired saber including Ahsoka including Luke Skywalker and so many other top tier characters just use the code sessions at checkout sessions to get 10% off character inspired sabers and for all other sabers Use the code SESSIONS5 to get another 5% off those bad boys as well. So we are giving back to you because we really do think that Parsec Sabres are the bee's knees. So ParsecSabres.com, use the code SESSIONS, 10% off, get a couple, save a bit of extra money, buy yourself a takeaway with the change. Yeah. So cheers again, ParsecSabres.com, absolute legends. Um, right, back back, back to the Ahsoka filth, I suppose. Yeah. I suppose we <laughs> still mean... So, so Night Sisters. I think we've kind of we've spoken about the Night Sisters a bit there, um, yeah. and they bring a more of a, a horror vibe to them, which I, I'm here for. It's getting weird. The whole episode is a much darker theme to it. But mm. I guess now we've we're entering that second part of the recap. Now it's time we get a bit thorny. I think <laughs> I think we start to feel thorny. We have been waiting for many for long. Have we waited? And there will be people out there as well who are listening who have been waiting since 1990, 1991 for Grand Admiral Thrawn to make a, a live action appearance. We got him in Rebels, voiced by the wonderful Lars Mikkelsen, and he's now 
made his live action debut played by the wonderful Lars Mikkelsen. So we've mentioned that the music to introduce him was um, wonderfully uh, epic and operatic. What did you think, mate, when you first saw him? Because he's shown from the back. We see the night troopers, they're called. These these whole, uh, t- this Star Destroyer. Because he's introduced. Okay, let's set the scene. He's introduced. They're on Stonehenge, Henge 2. And yep. suddenly they people start looking up in awe. The bad guys all look up kind of like wide-eyed and in awe. It's this massive, ravaged ISD, Imperial Star Destroyer, enters atmosphere, hovers above them and sort of lowers itself down upon the Eye of Sauron there. And it is teeming with troopers, t- absolutely teeming. And they're all th- chanting, Thrawn, Thrawn, Thrawn. And we see one with a gold mask, again, very theatrical, mask here captain enoch he's called and he's kind of he we can tell he's the, the leader because he's saying like fall in and advance but they're called night troopers the subtitles told mm-hmm. me that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then thrawn like, like the, the sea parts thrawn walks down the middle we, we see him in all his glory and we hear him what did you think then mate when you first saw him in live action not in a trailer and talking you know what did you think of uh, of thrawn finally here star destroyer sick the music sick uh when when you realize that it's thrown i kind of like the decision to go oh yeah he's just arriving because these guys arrived he's arriving we're not going to make a huge song and dance about it we, we, we're going to do a little bit but you know it's not going to be like yeah. we're going to end the episode of here's thrawny baby no 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 he's <laughs> begin toward the beginning of the episode here you go here's like thrawn superb the the, the stormtroopers uh, the design looked fantastic, and I'm specifically saying the design looked fantastic. Absolutely loved it. Very Japanese here for yeah. it. Um, they were CGI though, weren't they? They were CGI. The Stormtroopers were CG. I I don't actually do you know my my actual answer to that is I don't know. I'm, I'm assume most of them were because there are so many. I I'm, I assume that like Enoch, like the the gold guy, gold guy. I assumed he was a guy in costume, but now I don't know. So. Uh, I'm mix. over to you for that. I th- I, I'm, I'm sure it was a mix. I felt like Thrawn's approach as he's walking toward the Mandem, the Lance, yeah. Uh, you've got the, the, the hangar in the background, okay? And then you've got Thrawn and Enoch, I think his name is, yes, walking it. toward Morgan and the, and the lads. Um, I feel like, yeah, and I know this is unreasonable. I know it's nitpicky. I'm just being completely transparent and very honest. I need to Go be, on. yeah. I felt like that scene did not land for me because I was distracted by what was clearly a really bad effect, a really, really bad shot that was like clearly green screen in the background that wasn't blurred properly, like the bokeh, the focus wasn't quite what it should have been. And it just didn't it didn't land what should have been quite a ceremonious event and quite a ceremonious mm. moment of wow, Thrawn, like this is our guy. This is the dude talking for the first time. I couldn't help but feel a little bit distracted. And for that reason, something, yeah, that should have been a bigger deal just felt a little bit more flat than it should have. Um, but I lo- as soon as Thrawn like talks, I love it. You know, I, lo- I love the way he talks. I, I love his manner. <laughs> it's so matter of fact and it's so, it's not even nasty. It's just calculated and factual. And 
emotionless. It just it just feels like this guy is just always a few steps ahead, and that's the point of his character, isn't it? It's just the scene did look a bit awful, in my opinion. It looked a bit awful, and it felt distracting. So in that regard, that specific moment, the introduction to our guy just felt a little bit disappointing. Am I am I being too out? Am I being out of order? Am I being like, too nitpicky? Like we we caught on honesty on this show, and we say that so many times because we know our listeners they just want an honest opinion, and we know that yeah. some will be watching this scene and would be in absolute or probably in tears. There will be real emotion for this scene. But we can only ever be honest with ourselves. And I have in my notes too that there's too much going on. There is there's too much going on in the scene in terms of like the actual mise en scene and what's happening within the scene. There's too much. Yeah. Which is good in a way because it shows that in the t- in the ten years or whatever it's been nine years since Thrawn was banished into exile, he yeah. has managed to amass this level of power and this army. You know, great. Let's see that and this uh, reverence as well because they clearly worship thrawn but yeah there's too much going on and a lot of some of it's down to the editing as well where they're they're cutting between a shot from behind one from the side one from it's it didn't feel fluid enough and i think that kind of took it away a bit and of course there is there's always going to be similar to the purgles as soon as i saw thrawn for the first time i did have it took me a couple of seconds to just get over blue face red eyes and just kind of um, jet black hair not that again i'm not saying it looked bad It, it just takes you a few seconds to kind of like right this is where we're at now, but mate, from that moment on, I just wanted to see Thrawn. Right. That is what the episode, he was magnetic. I think Lars Mikkelsen is fantastic in the role. Like you say, so calculated and he, there, mm. there is a, there is a, an evil, if you will, but it, the evil comes from how calm he is about things. Like later on when he says, if you see a space, a star whale approach, destroy it with prejudice. Like, oh, yeah, what a line! Yeah, exactly, murder this animal you know, with prejudice. But he says it almost kind of like it's a smirk, but it's not kind of a. You can't really explain it. It's not like a moustache twiddling, um, callous smirk. It's just like you say, he's, he's one step ahead. He he knows, he, and with the help of the Night Sisters, he's he thinks he's invincible. And I think that's where they're going to come into it later on, but. Um, yeah, I, 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 everything about Thrawn in this episode, everything about him, the character, the way he looked, the way he spoke, the way he interacted, I, I loved. You know, I genuinely was like, every time he went off screen, I wanted more. And I loved him in Rebels. I think Lars Mikkelsen's voice and just his case, it's just excellent. And it really did translate. And like you said, at Celebration, he did a wonderful panel, which, uh, uh, sorry, with um, Anthony Carboni alongside. Ray Stevenson, which I watched the other day, very actually emotional watching it again because you know Ray's there and he's talking about uh, Balin and how excited he was and he can't wait for everyone to see it. And of course, the the sad events that unfolded. It's very you know it's really odd to watch that. Yeah, uh, and Lars is next to him and you know he gets like a much well, they, everyone's basically just chanting his name and clapping and cheering the whole time he's on stage. And he said that he toned toned the theatricalness down a bit because live action animation requires a different approach. But, I, you know, I still, I, I'm watching it thinking, oh, yeah, there, there's minor tweaks, but that is still the guy. That is Thrawn from Rebels. It's, he's nine years older, but that's my guy. And I honestly thought he was fantastic every time he's on screen, interacting with Morgan, interacting with Balin, and the way he sort of, he's he's calculating and measuring him and Sheen up at the, at the same time and coming to his own conclusions about them. And 
honestly, mate, I want more of Thrawn. I, we, we know we know we're going to get more, but he was the most interesting part of this episode for me. I love it, mate. <laughs> he loves I it. Love it. It's great. What did you think of the outfit? Because it is. It is all a little bit crazy, isn't it? It is all it a bit it. wild, you know. We we know we know what to expect from Thrawn, and you know what with what you just said, he is a blue guy. He has red eyes. He has <laughs> jet black hair. There's just no beating around the bush with it. But do you, do you think does does the outfit look good enough? In your opinion, does it does it meet what's required for live action Star Wars? Do you think? Uh, yeah, for me it did. Uh, again, once you get over the initial kind of salvo of well, well crisp, almost crisp white uniform, um, mm. uh, there was a bit uh, kind of on his shoulder. I th- I'm assuming that's where he got shot in Rebels, where he's just patched it over. I think that's what I was trying to think. Otherwise, it's just wearing his hair. But yeah, it was, you know, the shot from the side made it look quite baggy. And I thought, oh, I don't like the look of that. But then after that, I think it's pretty much after that, what should have been a ceremonious introduction, as you quite rightly said. Everything after that, I was like, no, everything actually now fits into place. Once we got past that bit, yeah. everything after that, I was like, no, he looks great. I, I get it now. I'm vibing with it. The outfit, I don't, I don't mind the outfit. It's just classic Thrawn. Um, I, I, obviously, he, unlike another character we see later, Thrawn didn't bother changing. He just wears the same outfit he did when he when the space whales <laughs> took him away. They must have really good dry cleaning there. But um, I didn't mind it, mate. I, I like the look of it. I don't think they could have done him any other way, just because you know it's been thirty years since he was introduced. That's how people see him. Uh, if he turned mm. up in anything else, I think you know what fans are like. They wouldn't have liked him. But what about you? Are, you? are you not a fan then of the of the overall costuming? I think it's it's Thrawn. It is Thrawn. It could have been done a little bit different maybe uh, maybe the color grading could have been a, changed a, a, a wee bit maybe maybe um, it is bright it is bright and at times yeah. it's like oh mate tone it down a little bit but <laughs> again it's just me probably being a miserable old man and i'm being you know i'm just being no, it is very noticeably bright it's like the blue and the red they are very you know yeah the yeah. color palette is it's high. It's very high. I would have muted it a wee bit. I would have muted it a wee bit. And I think, um, you know, in, in future iterations, even if that's episode, uh, and it, like the next uh, few episodes of Ahsoka or in a different series and maybe in Filoni's film, I believe just like with Ahsoka, there will be refinements in, in the makeup yeah, and yeah. the aesthetics, right? There, yeah. that's and a lot just of it is, it is to play off the lighting as well. They have to get it right so it looks good in lighting. So it's there is that as well. But I think they're refined. And, and that's... That's what I said from the top, right? Is sometimes yeah. the lighting in this episode is a bit off. So it might not even be to do with the makeup department who mm-hmm. who do such a good job week yeah. in, week out, year in, year out on Star Wars projects. Like ILM, Lucasfilm are so ahead of the game in so many respects. But if the lighting ain't right on set on that day, then there's not a lot you can do, is there? There isn't, mate. There isn't. But I wanted to throw across to you what Thrawn's first line and just what you thought about it. He walks up like a you know like a like a proper bad daddy, and he says, "What was once a dream has become a frightening reality for those who oppose us." How do you think that was for an introduction to what is this almost mythical character? It's calculated, isn't it? Like <laughs> the guy <laughs> had that in his head, and he was like, "I know what I'm going to be, be <laughs> dropping. I know what I'm going to tell the people." And just as well, Jennifer Getzinger is here to film it. Yeah, <laughs> he's been saying it to himself in the mirror for nine years. Like, I need to tell someone yeah. this. <laughs> I really liked it. I really, really liked it. I think it works for the character. I think a lot of the lines uh, land 
because he is so calculated and he is a little bit, he's got that little bit of smidge of Bond villain about him, isn't he? Oh, yeah. That's what he's meant. That's what he's meant to be. That's what he's written as. So, yeah, I feel I'm I'm, I'm here for it. I feel it. Uh, Are you not a fan? No, I dug it. I thought it was very grandiose and, yeah, very very over the top and I loved it. Yeah, it is over the top, but sometimes over the top in Star Wars is a good thing, and it's been yeah. that way since 1977. And sometimes, even even for me, sometimes it's easy to lose sight of that, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I love my Thrawny, this episode, mate. I, I really <laughs> You're liked feeling him. It. Just, and it feels like I think the, the, the strength of this episode isn't necessarily what's presented in front of us in the you know 42 minutes or whatever uh, that we got this week. It's the idea that this is very much a bridge episode, right? It's connecting what's what we've seen so far to what we will see, not just for the rest of the series, but for the rest of this era of Filoni and Jon Favreau and the, 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 the TV shows and gradually or eventually Dave Filoni's cinematic film. And that is just so exciting. It's so exciting to go, wow, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're here. Wow. We're here. This is like when we saw Thanos at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy, yep. right? And, and yeah. yeah. Um, you know, maybe it's not maybe it's not the 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 perfect uh, uh, comparison, but yeah, I I I I think that they did a good job, a good job, a good enough job at conveying. Job. Yeah, this guy, he's super intelligent. He's driven. He's not necessarily evil. He just believes in a purpose that yeah. that means these guys are in the way of that and they need to be dealt with accordingly. And he even like I love the way Thrawn just like treats. Almost everyone and everything with respect. Like I think I'd forgotten just how respectful he can be. Whether it's oh you kept you you promised Sabine something. Well, we're going to keep that promise. Yeah, we're going to keep that promise, and we're going to give Sabine uh, a wolf thing, a howler. I think they're called a howler. This, That's right. In this episode, yeah, we're going to call. We're going to give her a saddle, and we're going to give her a tracker to send her to where we think Ezra will be, like thereabouts. It'll be in this sort of area. That's where we think it'll be. We will follow through with that. We will provide her with that. Thrawn is a man of his word. He he believes in respect and honor, but he is still in competition, and he still believes, well, technically, we've followed through on our promise, but we did not promise to to literally take her to Ezra. We promised her the opportunity to do it. Oh, mate, I... He didn't promise to take her home even. That's what I loved. And that's that's obviously Mm. before we get to the Sabine angle of the story, kind of wrapping up the thorniness of it. Yeah, at at the end, he thought Ahsoka was dead. You mentioned it earlier on. Where's this loose thread coming from? And that is, Rebels showed us that Thrawn doesn't lose. It's the people around him that lose the battle for him, whether it's an incompetent uh, Imperial officer or someone like Morgan, not telling him the full truth. And he kind of weighs it up in his mind and he said, Morgan says that Balin told me she was dead. And he's like, ah, yes, Balin, the ex Jedi, the ex Jedi told you that the ex Jedi is dead. He's flawed. Let's keep an eye on him. Uh, and then he's, and then we get the kind of the real thorniness where he says, I want to know everything about her. So I want to know her history, her background, mm-hmm. her origins, her master. And we know from mm-hmm. canon that they keep this up, that Thrawn and Anakin did meets in the in and around the Clone Wars era. That is there. Interested to see what happens with that. But um, Thrawn was, you know, he, he's seen already that there could be a betrayal here, or 
a very loose thread and he's like, just like deal with it i love that mate yeah he he understands that he almost understands the galaxy better than uh balen and the night sisters and maybe even yeah. ahsoka at this point right but he is he is their senior in a, in, a, in, a, in a lot of ways isn't he he has yes. more experience he has more wisdom and more application and uh i i love the line when he's talking to old morgs and he goes Oh, I thought it was beyond you to underestimate a Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yes. and it's like, mate, he's like, guys, why are you why are you writing these people off? After all, death and resurrection are common deceptions played out by both Night Sister and Jedi. And I think some people might take that as, oh, Ahsoka died. I don't. I I think he. I think he's saying it's deceptive. I think he's saying that, like, no, no, no. She, you, you think that she's dead, but then, like, they're not dead. She didn't die. Like, I don't. I just. I don't. There's more to I don't it. Th- I, I didn't get that vibe from it. I think he sees and understands. There's more to it. There is more to the Force. There is more to this kind of like afterlife or purgatory in a galaxy far, far away that yeah. meets the eye. I mean, this is the dude that got sent to another galaxy. You know, and and he's and from another galaxy, right? Let's not forget yes, that yeah. the Chiss, yes. his race, are from a different galaxy. They are, they are foreigners in this part of the, the 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 universe. Yep. Yeah, I just I think his lessons in yeah, don't underestimate your opponent are so valuable, and and yep. that's something that we le- we learn throughout Star Wars. You know, your your overconfidence is your weakness. Yeah, yep. your faith in and your friends is yours. yours. Th- Thrawn just seems slightly above all of that, doesn't he? He goes proper meta as well, almost. He basically says, if you don't see the body, they ain't dead at one point. He says, you know, until <laughs> until we actually have cold, hard facts that she's dead, we all treat her as if she is alive. I was like, yes, do that, because that's what you yeah. should be doing. If, and I, I love it. Like, cold, calculating, cunning, menacing. They've nailed it so far. I can't wait to see more of Thrawn. And he's got something big planned. His, you know, the last thing he says to the, the great mothers, the night sisters is, I require your dark magic. And they say, listen, the threads of fate demand it. So he's cooking up something there in that cauldron. He, you know, he's already got all these night troopers. He's got a star destroyer. He's, he's got his like incredible mind. Yet he yeah. still needs the dark sisters magic. The night sisters dark magic in order to enact whatever he has got planned next. And I really wish the next two episodes were a double, but so he's got something big to play out, my man. But um, so I guess before we move on to like the final part, which is like your Sabininess, have you got any more Thrawn um, tea you want to spill? Thrawn tea. I mean, I'm always Thrawn tea for Thrawny. You know, it's just it, there. There is so much to love, and to finally see this character, to finally see these lines being delivered uh, by old Mickelson, it, it is it is an absolute joy, mate. It is an absolute joy. And uh, again, shout out to the kindness for the theme. I just can't get over it. I ru- I've, d- I've written that down multiple times. This episode <laughs> Thrawn's theme is just delicious. It's I listen absolutely, to it it's absolutely delicious. I can't wait for them to release that. But that's not the only time the music I think is absolutely sublime in this episode, okay. right? And I'm sure we're going to get to that in a second. But 
Uh, I just want to echo your thoughts that Thrawn always leans on a greater power, doesn't he? Whether that's military might or Night Sister, yeah, or magic, quote unquote magic, or the Force. You know, he's always relying on something else. He can use his intelligence, but just like anyone who sits in the power, maybe you have an office job, maybe you you're a programmer, maybe you're an architect. You're always leaning on other people aren't you there's there's yep. always an element of cooperation that needs to happen to fulfill something and i think that's what that's what thrawn is all about and he always understands that and he never underestimates the the pure power and potential of working together and this is a theme of the ahsoka tv show isn't it ahsoka and sabine yep. working together learning to work together properly they, they, that's been rocky hasn't it and that's something once again that Thrawn excels at, that he trumps everyone around him at. And so therefore you can kind of see where this is going, can't you? You can kind of see, I don't think Thrawn's going away from this TV show. I just, I, I really, really don't. I think he's here to stay and we shouldn't be underestimating him. Yeah. So, uh, that's my (laughs) little rant on the old Thrawny side of this episode. And he, well, he may be, he'll die soon, but not any time. He's going to make it to the film. He's going to be the antagonist of the film. And yeah. my man, seeing seeing that boy on the big screen is going to be, again, We, this is, we I, I don't want to underestimate how emotional and how big this is for so many of the the OG fans, you know, the uh, from who had the EU, the Thrawn, the uh, Timothy Thar and Heir to the Empire levels to carry them through the, the, the Dark mm. Ages between Jedi and... Phantom Menace special editions, whatever. And this was this will be huge. And I only hope that they got what they wanted from it, or it, it, you know, it was everything they wanted it to be. Uh, and if it wasn't that, you know, they realise they've still got more time for it to become what they want. Hopefully, but I really do hope it pleases more people than not. Because as you guys know, I have no idea, and I'm sure Luke doesn't. I don't know what anyone thinks about this episode. I don't know any, what people think about Thrawn or anything else. But the, the, the last part that we haven't spoken about then, mate, we, we've kind of touched upon it, is, is Sabine. So Ahsoka's in the mouth of a whale. Thrawn and the bad guys are out doing their thing. But Sabine is just on Peridia. You know, she's originally in a cell and she is, like you say, she's she's been given passage to go and find Ezra. Here's some intel. This is where we think Bridger is. Go and find him. Be gone. And and that's kind of where her story takes. So this is the bit where I kind of wish that the episode had been a little bit longer, five minutes, just to have more time with Sabine, my hope was that, or my fear, sorry, well, actually, it was a hope and a fear. My hope was that she finds Ezra because I want to see Ezra, man. I love Ezra, but my fear mm. was that she was going to find Ezra and it would be too quick. This is this is a planet we're talking about, a planet, and yeah, they've got a bit of intel, but she has one run in with some raiders and then meet some turtle people and there, there, and then she, and then she gets to where she needs to be. Kind of wish they'd drawn that out a little bit. I would have even been happy if Ezra was found in the next episode, just to give that feeling of loneliness to spare a little bit more time to breathe because at one point the writing was on the nose for me is when when the howler i think it's called tota or that's or they 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 used the word tota at one point the the howler she's saying to it look you're a coward you abandoned me and sends it away and she says you know you, you you better not bail on me again you left me she keeps saying this and i'm like She's basically just, you might as well be talking to Ezra. I expected Ezra to pop out and be like, are you talking to me? It it felt very, uh, that's at that point when I knew that we were going to see it find Ezra in that moment because she was talking to the the walk, the howler, as if she was talking to Ezra, almost unloading. And I thought we were definitely going to go and see, you know, 
bad boy bridger in this episode but yeah i just i just my, my i kind of just felt that her start of the part of the story it was interesting but it was just rushed i liked the fight of the bandits i like the bandits basically just absolutely overwhelming her and she has to use a saber and just punk them but oh. i just felt that there wasn't enough there wasn't enough of a challenge to find ezra and obviously meeting the turtle rock people the the noti and they recognised the starbird, and that was how they found it. I thought it was very con- conveniently done, and they wrapped it up quickly because they've obviously got big plans for seven and eight. I just kind of wish they'd spent a bit more time with that. But how did you find Sabine's uh, arc or story in this episode? Great point, mate. Great, great, great point. Uh, yeah, it is a bit convenient, and I think that's just something that that when you're limited in time and and uh, when things aren't a book. You you just have to crack on with things. If there if there is a greater story to tell, you've got to crack on with things. I mean, in your own head canon, you might be able to say, oh, she was there a bit longer. I know what you mean. I mean, to be fair, I bought into and I'm glad they added the line of we'll give you a like roughly where we think he is. And I think yes. you know, for me for me, that checks out. Is it is it a bit convenient? Is it cheating a little bit? Possibly it's up to point. the viewer. It's up to the viewer. For me, I think it lands because what what we get, like that, this is where the episode really works for me. Funnily enough, I really enjoyed Thrawn. I enjoyed the Night Sister stuff, even you know, just despite my concerns and what what I said earlier. The magical part of this episode, which is what I was least uh, expecting, came from Sabine, and even Sabine herself sometimes is annoying in this episode. Some of the dialogue. I'm really not a fan of what does she say? Like, where's where's my ride or something like that? She says, uh, "Yes, yeah. What what do you have for a ride out here uh, or something like that? Yeah, what 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 kind of ride you got around here? Oh, mate, I can't stand it. I cannot stand that sort of dialogue. That cheap. Um, <laughs> I, I hate I hate I hate to say it as well. It's so cheesy, it, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way or a negative way, but it's very like common american yeah and uh, and listen every every culture every people has that and i don't mean that in a nasty way but it's like guys she's not just like on the street in in oklahoma do you know what i mean like what you got to ride around here come on just say what about transport just say deliver the line differently maybe again maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm being a grumpy old man here yeah it just it felt very real worldy a bit like how you know i love me a lot of the last jedi there's a lot of the last jedi as well that i dislike one of the lines that i don't like is hey need a lift from yeah. rose tico to finn it's like, Finn just nearly died finn yeah. just nearly died the, the, the whole ship is on fire and people are dying and you're just like hey need a lift no <laughs> shut up that's <laughs> Oh, it's so annoying as well. It's so charmless and unlikable. That's me. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm sorry if I'm wrong and you disagree. And that's fair enough. I think I would maybe disagree with myself too. If if I was in a different mood. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) There's no right or wrongs, guys. If you if you if you feel like it worked for you, it worked for you. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not. Some of the choices were Oh, did it, it went, well, it went, and it's not, it, it feels in keeping with Sabine, but it, I think it's just the dialogue at one point, you know, she says to the howler, like, yeah, you, you're embarrassing yourself. We don't, we don't. It's like, it just, it didn't feel right. It's not even, it doesn't feel in, you know, it just, it just feels odd. 
Um, yeah. And it's arrogant. You know, it, it comes across as arrogant, and I think that maybe that's the point. But I, I think it is. Yeah, I think I, I think it is, and I think I think we're going to see again a, more of an arc completion going forward but i also do put mm. it down to feloni's writing i've said before he's he's a very ta- competent writer but he's very rudimentary sometimes when it comes to dialogue it's very much especially in this episode i do think it was more style over substance i think it was more about grandiosity than let's finesse the words and the dialogue that these guys yeah. are having to say um and not comparing to any other shows but within within ahsoka itself you know we've had some decent we've had some episodes with some really decent dialogue i've had some which have been okay and we've had some where it's like, yeah, that's that's where written. I really enjoyed that. That was impactful. Here, I just kind of felt like it was a bit more, well, like for me, like the Odyssey she went on. It, it, some of the dialogue mm. for Sabine just felt a bit rushed. It was like, you know, how do we convey her thoughts and emotions? I don't know. Like, yes, yeah, get her to say, well, where's my ride? Or, well, this is, you're embarrassing yourself. I think they could have given a more, I think they could have given a better dialogue to say, and it's not an Natasha Lua Bordizzo thing because I think she's very charming as Sabine. No. I think it's just what she's being fed at times, and I, it's a shame because I think she's great in this episode. I hear you. I hear you. I do think it's director as well a little bit. Like oh, absolutely, it's, yeah. it's a bit of everything. It, it's a confluence of everything. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But it is it's the director's job to execute and to make oh. sure that the execution is on point <laughs> from the actors. Yeah. That's what it is. You can have you can have a fantastic script, and I think on paper the lines can be done a little bit different. I'd write something a bit different, but hey, that's it. I just felt like some of the delivery sometimes, like oh guys, come on, like right. But there you go. Right, I'm going to stop moaning because absolute magic happens here, here. and it's small things. Really, yeah. It felt like a it felt like a love letter to all the weird and wonderful in Star Wars. It felt like a love letter to Return of the Jedi in in in, in a few ways. The doggo, and by the way, the doggo scene, the wolf thing, the howler scene. I loved that. It was like talking to a dog, where it's like you abandoned me and blah blah blah. Like the body language, everything. And at times it felt animatronic. At times it felt CGI. But I mm-hmm. thought, all in all, again, this is a TV show. Looked pretty damn good mate yeah, I agree with that, yeah. yeah at times where you know the the cg or the effects didn't always land in this episode that it credit where credit's due it worked with the howler and uh yeah he's like okay i'll give you another chance and the wolf thing the howler just like freaks out comes over and it's so <laughs> ugly cute it's so ugly cute so <laughs> uh, testament to ilm and what the, the crazy stuff those guys do too the landscape again looked beautiful and yeah they come across this like rock and the arrogance of sabine is like you're embarrassing yourself and it's like, mate, no it wasn't a rock it's a baby snail alien thing and <laughs> a rock a noti is that the language yeah. or is that the name of the race noti uh, it's both. It's uh, it's a species and got the language they speak. Love it, love it. Um, it was so good. The mu- Oh, sorry. It was so good. So Ahsoka good. Yeah. It was. The music was so like Ewok and Return of the Jedi. Whimsical. And it's just for me. It felt like ah, oh, now we're talking. Now we're talking the wonder, the wonder, the weird, the aliens, the innocence, <laughs> just the the charm. I was like, yeah, this is Lucasfilm, man. This is this is what it's all about. That kind of expansion of lore and universe and, and culture within a galaxy far, far away, which is the 
one of the points of this episode is that like the galaxy is bigger than your own galaxy. Yeah, or the universe, sorry, is bigger than your own galaxy. It's bigger than your hometown, maybe, or your county, your country, your state, even. And, uh, oh, mate, I I absolutely love it. Even the language they're talking in, it's absolutely brilliant. Obviously, they find that little, they find out, oh, you've got, like, this logo. Oh, I've got that, too. And these other ones pop up, and the music, again, (laughs) is fantastic. You're like, oh, yes. I love it. What immediate reaction to the snail people, the no tea? What were you thinking? You you digging it? You loving it? Bit cheesy? What? First first thought, I thought, oh, not sure. But then, but but when once it kind of stood up, and then you saw it was like a puppet animatronic. It's like this is this is cool. I really, so in, in short, really actually like them. Initially, I thought, oh no, is this going to be a bit too? Like tonally wild considering mm-hmm. we've got night sisters and a blue guy is this going to be the thing that pushes it but no once 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 i once i stood up and started talking in 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 their own language and not in some kind of weird boston accent which i really appreciate that we mm-hmm. they spoke their own language there was no subtitles we were in the dark as well as to what exactly they're on about um i did i really liked the design i thought it was a really cool design i love that i well i believe that they went practical for the most part for at least that main one um and then when the others rose up, I did smile. I was like, Haha. "It's just they just came out of nowhere. They were there the whole time. It's a very cool design." Um, again, oh. if you want to go Lord of the Rings, you know, Thro- Frodo and Sam hiding underneath the their cape at the at the gates of Mordor as well a little bit. But uh, no, I liked it. Originally, a little bit he- re- hesitant. I thought, oh, "I'm not sure if that's going to be a bit too not kiddie, but a bit too kiddie." But no, I, I actually quite enjoyed them. It's, 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 it's similar to like Thrawn and like the Pergu when I first saw them. I know I, we've already seen them before, but once I got over that kind of initial kind of like slap in the face of, oh, well, that's new or weird, very quickly got used to it and very quickly enjoyed it. I I want a Noti set and a Noti <laughs> village vintage collection ASAP. And of course, bro, the, do it. Make make it happen, lads. Make it happen. Yeah. Uh I I even really enjoyed their little village, their makeshift village, which reminded me a little bit of Hobbiton as well, like the Shire. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also as well, if you've not I know you've not seen it or not seen all of it, even uh Rings of Power, you've got kind of like the Harfoots. And they travel, they go, they go around. And I was like, oh yeah, this is a little bit like that, you know. And mm. the fact that they've got like Ezra living there, that was Let's great. It, yeah. I, it, it wasn't completely unexpected. You could see where the episode was going, but I liked it. It worked. Makes sense that he's living with this kind of like li- this small, literally small civilization. <laughs> and I, everything about the Noti and the, the the Howler, for me, it gave me a real sense of wonder in Star Wars. And and it's easy when there's a lot of the serious, serious stuff going on, you know, whether it's last week and even this this week, a lot of the episode is is very serious. Um, it's so well earned and it's so welcomed as well when you're like, oh, mate, it's so weird. <laughs> I And there's a fine line between like weird and wonderful and weird and cringe. And and I think that sometimes that didn't always land properly in something like, let's say, The Mandalorian Season 3. In this episode, it really, really, really worked for me. I adore it. I love the Noti. I think I'm officially part of the Noti uh, fan club, to be honest. I think I'm I'm, I'm a a member. I'm a member. Yeah. Noti's for life, mate. Please. 
proper the hashtag noti for life you know I, I i didn't i really enjoyed the civilization when we got to their little village and then we found out that because of the threats on the planet from the the raiders and of course the night sisters and thrawn and the troopers that they have to move about and for israel's safety of course he has he can't stay in one place the fact that they have intel on where they think he is knows that they'll be looking for him they're not they haven't just left him to his own devices they're trying to find him still um so i like their civilization i like that when sabine is walking through them all of the noti most of them kind of look up as if to say or to convey that you're not the first human we've seen you know, mm-hmm. we're not, you're, not, you're not the first one of your kind that we've seen. We uh, we got a surprise for you, and yeah, and and the howler, he's licking his lips. He, he was ready for a meal. He's like, I could eat every single one of these. <laughs> I like that as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it, was yeah. it ever so convenient that they just stumbled across that? You could say so. The in, they had the intel from that very old unit, which was um, I think from the OT. Harry used it as well. The the um, the the howler picked up a scent. Mm-hmm. Oh, so obviously the notice would probably carry some kind of scent of Ezra because he's with them. Therefore, that's how it, the Howler got them, got to them, and of course they took them. So if you if you look at it, it, it does all connect. It isn't just how did that happen? Wow, the cards fell in place. Well, there it, it is connected. If you look at it as to how they got there, but I so I really did like the notice. Like you say, I think it's the word wonder when you kind of sit back and think. Yeah, this is what it's about. They're kind of like the wonder, being a kid and seeing this and being like, this is mad, like the dark crystal, like henseness of it all. Like, you can't quite understand what it is, but you love it still. And that's that's something which, you know, yeah, looking back, I'm going to rewatch it and be like, you know what, I'm going to let it all wash over me and I'm, I can't wait to watch them again. But um, the moment I've been waiting for, and a lot of other people, I know you have as well, is, you know, where's Ezra? Hashtag where's Ezra? That was actually a hashtag. And it was obvious. We, we, we knew it was coming anyway. Um, Sabine's, they've got, they've got a nice close shot on Sabine. And from behind, you hear the, you hear the words, I knew I could count on you. And like we thought, it's, it's bearded Ezra. It's Ezra Bridger, a man as Fandy. He's bearded. Don't forget, guys, this is a decade after he mm-hmm. uh, went missing. He's not going to be young, quippy Ezra in the orange jumpsuit anymore. And I am glad, actually, that they changed him. Thrawn is Thrawn. He's wearing what but I'm so glad he isn't just in his orange jumpsuit from the end of Rebels because it would have looked, it would have looked fine, I guess, but it just would look really daft if he hadn't got changed. So I love his kind of, his, I don't, know, I don't know if he's bought into the culture of the land or the or the locals with his robes and he's almost got like a mithril underneath as well a bit more Tolkien there but I mm. I liked his mannerisms I thought he's and I, I you can't help but think how much Taylor Gray is in there I thought he sounded like Ezra I thought the cadence of his voice was there I can't wait to see more I just can't wait to see as well when he said how'd you get here and she's like listen let me just Sabine said let me be happy for a moment let's not talk about that you wait till he <laughs> you finds out how it. she got there <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. You wait till he finds out when Balin and Shin start trying to skewer him that there's there's trouble in paradise ahead, mate. But as as a reunion, mm. love that. I love that they just it felt awkward between them because I haven't seen them, you know, siblings or romance, whatever you want to look at it as. It felt awkward. I love when they hugged. The music swelled, and it's that kind of rebelsness to it. Really enjoyed that, mate. And what's to come from them as well, because there's trouble there but what did you think then when you heard the voice you saw bearded ezra how do you how do you, how do you think how do you take it 
I suppose it's um, I'm really glad you said that, you know, about the, the, the awkward sort of reunion. And I suppose it is a conscious decision and it's something that they kind of tried to do because, yeah, these people haven't seen each other in a long, long, long time. There is maybe that that I mean, I've always seen it as, as a uh, sibling sort of relationship yeah. and understanding. And I think that's what it is. And I th- I still think it is that. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of like, oh, hang on, <laughs> you know, yeah. where, where have you been? Where have you? And I think Sabine is, I think the first time I watched, I was like, Sabine, just tell him like <laughs> yeah, where you've come from, what's happening, yeah. like what's going on. The odds here, Ezra seems very laid back, but I suppose he, he's a laid back kind of person most of the time, but also he's been in isolation for 10 years. He has had to probably train and meditate on his patients, right? So that kind of makes sense. And maybe, Mm. maybe uh, Sabine's trying to like change conversation, isn't she? She's like, look, um, let's not talk about that right now. I just want to be happy that I've found you. I want to live in the moment, which is very sweet, but she's probably thinking, (gasps) what do I tell this guy? Like I found him. (laughs) Now what? (laughs) Don't know. Don't, don't know. Flight's about to go back. I love, I love when he says, you know, uh, it, it took long enough, but he says, you know, did the plan work? And she mm-hmm. take and she takes a beat and then says, the plan worked. But also behind her eyes, you know that she's thinking, mm, it did work, but unfortunately, me being here means Thrawn can get back, and the, you know we we're back to square one almost. And yeah, oh, it's going to be so good when they find out I about know. that. I know. You, I, at first, I was like, "You ain't going home, mate. You're not going yeah, oh, there, yeah. mate." Yeah. He's like, "Oh, thanks. Home. Can't wait yeah. to go home." Yeah. Like, no, nah, man. You're not. You're not. You're not going home. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Love it. We. I. I think uh, the guy looked fantastic. The name escapes me of who plays him. Eman uh, is Fandy. Thank you, Eman is Fandy. He, he looked fantastic. The guy suits a beard. He's got the really like crazy blue eyes. Yeah. Ezra blue. Ezra blue. Nitpicking again. Nitpicking alert. <laughs> Would have toned it down a little bit. Just give him blue eyes. Just give him normal standard blue eyes. They don't need to be lightning blue because now he he's almost got those looks dune like eyes. Yeah. It's like he, he almost looks like he's of a different like race. Uh, of like m- m- alien and like Jason, right? Like alien and human or uh, yep. humanoid. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm being uh, grumpy or something. Um, l- listen, uh, the episode starts to wind down and we've, we've already covered, you know, what happens next. The night sisters are telling Thrawn of like the Jedi's on his way. And, you know, we've, we've, we've pretty much covered it. I, I think loved it, loved the reunion. And I'm so happy that we got, so much wonderfully weird Lucasfilm labyrinth vibes in this episode. I think it was really needed in what's been quite a uh, somber and sobering part of the series. Really welcome, mate. Yeah, no, well said, mate. I think we have pretty much covered it. We know we we know we're, we're on Peridia now. We know that Ahsoka Tano is is on her way. She's going to get there on time. We'll see. Or will Thrawn return to the galaxy? We don't know yet. Either way, Thrawn. Thrawn doesn't care about Ahsoka. He doesn't care about Sabine, Shin, Balin, or Ezra. He says, we just need to get back to that galaxy. I don't care if those other guys are killed. That's not my concern. So 
I don't know what's going to happen. Again, I don't know what's going to happen in the next episode, mate. I don't know if they're going to stop Thrawn coming back. How does that play into the wider Mandoverse or the wider mm. movie if if he doesn't get back? I mean, does, does everyone have to then come to Peridia or how, how is that going to work? I think he is going to get back. And I think Ahsoka's going to pick up the stragglers, Sabine and Ezra, and end up going back again, probably. But I don't know, and that's the beauty of it, mate. So yeah, I, I really enjoy this, mate. You've got yeah, you've got Lord of the Rings vibes, you've got a two thousand and one Elder Space Odyssey vibe, you've got Shakespeare, you've got a bit of horror Good in shout. there, you've got your fantasy in there. There's there's a lot going on. Some of the colour grading is wacky and it is it is kind of like yeah, on spice. Uh some of the visuals, some of the volume use wasn't great. Um but outside of that, no no real issues. Loved seeing Thrawn, loved seeing Ezra, uh, and I think we're setting up for a big one, two punch. And I just wish again, I just wish that we had a double finale that, Oh, well, I wish I just condense into a, a big old episode and we can just get it on sooner, but we're not. So, um, is there anything more you want to say there, mate, before we rate the episode? It's a good sign in it. It's a good sign that we watch oh, this God, episode yeah. and we're once again, like what's going on next? What, what, what is going to happen? What's going to unveil itself? Or, ah, uh, more, more, um, <laughs> mate. One last thing. One Go last on. thing. At the beginning of the episode, uh, Ahsoka and Huyang are talking about like stories, and uh, Ahsoka says, "Yeah, the first one's always the best." <laughs> yeah, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, what's wink, that? Wink. Is that the prequels? Is that the Phantom Menace? Is that he's, a New Hope or the original the trilogy, MT. or or is it just the first story you 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 watch? in star wars what you become familiar <laughs> with and is that because that's the first love yeah maybe i mean i said before going coming on air i got a message from a mate who said one of my work friends their kids come back from school star wars obsessed and they watched the sequel trilogy in one day and adored it that's it that's wow. their star wars now that's cool that's that's going to be like their first love, isn't it? That's what they're going to be used to. I dig and, it. I prefer that yes. way of looking at it rather than Filoni hates the prequels and the sequels. Look at it, which will, of course, be made uh, news. But I, I, I much prefer yeah. your way of it is that, you know, however you come into the franchise, that's always the first. I'm, I'm sticking yes. to That's my head cannon. If anything, I, I'd imagine like Filoni being like, yeah, it's about the uh, Phantom Menace. <laughs> He just loves Phantom Menace. Who knows? He loves it. Oh, he, he obviously Clone Wars. He was, he was entrenched in that era. Of course, he loves it. Yeah. And he's even said, yeah. you know, oh, we're playing into the sequels. He he gets it. He gets it. He knows, yeah. he knows the story. He might not always be the best it. writer, but he knows the story. I think I think his writing though, like uh, oh, oh, overall, has been tremendous this this season, and I've really enjoyed. Filoni having more creative freedom and going, yeah, let me do this. Let me do that. And it's, it's giving us a really entertaining addition and not just entertaining, like genuinely interesting addition to the star Wars lore and mythology. And I, and I do think some overall um, themes of star Wars, he just understands. He just hits the nail on the head. I love it. I'm i I'm a fan. He still has some improvement to go. I'm um, I, I can't wait, mate. Can't wait. Right. Let's right. rate the episode then, mate. We've been pretty high on these episodes so far because for the most part, they've been pretty good. So uh, in terms of Ponder Babas or Ashoka Tano's, 
what are we going for for this week? What did you give last week? Didn't you go nine or nine point five last week? Didn't you? you went pretty high? I went I went for a nine out of ten last week, yeah, and the right. week before that as well was also a nine out of God, ten. Loving it. Yeah, I am loving it, mate. I am loving it. And the the episodes before that were all eight out of ten. So they've all they been really, really, really high. I think I've said before, for me, this has been the most consistent Star Wars series yet. Um, this week, mate, I've got to be honest with you, I, I had a rough n- number in my head. Uh, it, 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 it's close to the others in terms of just excellence, but it doesn't quite cut the mustard in some ways, whether that is CG dialogue or you know, whatever. I've explained it all. You know, it's a 7 out of 10 for me, mate. 7 Ponder Babbers out of 10 Ponder Babbers. That's how I feel. That's how I feel right now. That's how I feel right now. So, and that's still a really good score, by the way. Yeah, if there average is. is a five out of ten, which is by definition what it should be, yeah, this is a seven out of ten. So, let me throw it over to you, mate. How are you feeling? What was your last score? I think it was like eight Mine and a was half, or something. Eight point nine. Because yeah, yeah, that's I prefer, it. To, to some people's chagrin, some people, uh, I prefer an episode part four to part five uh, because I just thought the story overall was stronger. Uh, this one, this is a funny one, mate, because I'm, I've been really struggling to come up with a number and I am not going to labor this point. I'm like, what, yeah, what, what, some parts are great. Some parts I thought were fine. You know, do we, how, how much do I n- knock it down for technical issues? How much do I knock it up? Because I was like, yeah, throw on an Ezra baby. Um, yeah. and I'm trying to think of what the other scores I've given and I can't always remember, but for this episode, I am going to, uh, be slightly more generous than you. Only very much slightly, though. And I'm going to mm. give this one 7.5 out of 10. I was straddling that 7 as well, but I didn't want to be, uh, I didn't want to say the same in case people thought, oh, I've got mine of his own. But I was like, do you know what? No, actually, I, I, when, when I mentioned earlier, I've ruminated, I've sat on it, I've marinated it, and I thought, no, actually, there's a lot about it I do like. It's weird, it's wonderful. My biggest fear for this whole series, I said it pre-hype shows, was that it was just going to go bonkers from what I'd heard without knowing any spoilers was that it gets a bit wild and it gets a bit wacky like galaxies and what thrawn and whales and how are they going to make this work so far so good you know so far i'm fine there's nothing i don't think there's anything else they can do which will make me think oh yeah they've outdone themselves here it's already gone weird and wacky and wonderful and i'm on board of it mate so i'm going to give a seven and a half out of ten still a very good score hoping next week we get um, some proper filth going into that finale Oh, big time, mate. I, it's worth noting that I actually wrote down either 7.5 or a 7 out of 10. It's like one one of those. I was like, it's, up it's hovering between those. But I think with talking it through, yeah, maybe it could have done with the extra 10 minutes just to let things like blend a little better. Maybe some of the editing could have been worked on just a wee bit more. That thrown entrance of the CG screen in the background, which I'm pretty sure, I don't even think that's volume. I think that's straight up green screen, which I think we're discovering they use more than we realize. It's not always yes. volume, right? I think we're, because there are shots where I'm like, oh, that looks a bit volumey. Like a few months later, or a year later, I see a screenshot. I was like, oh, it wasn't even filmed in the volume. It was just CG, like in California, in the, the train yard, I think it's called, in, in Los Angeles, right? There's that. Like, yeah. There's a huge set that they use. It might be Manhattan Beach where it's just surrounded by train tracks in LA. So if you, if you live in LA or Southern California, there you go. There is a little hint. There is a tip. 
go and have a little spy and let us know what's going down. Yeah. Joking. Yeah. Only joking. Uh, yeah. Seven, seven out of 10. I, f- I think that feels about right. That's that, that entrance though from Thrawn. I'm like that, that does feel like a bit of a missed opportunity, but here we go. Loved it. Enjoyed it. S- space turtle shell snail people. Come on. <laughs> Come on. No tea. Come on. Shins back. That's yeah. all I care about, mate. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if they'd nailed that Thrawn entrance, I think, uh, everything after the entrance i loved through i loved him uh, immediately after it, he actually yeah. started speaking but it's just his initial entrance like if i get just know that but there'll be people out there who have been waiting for that moment and who dug it and again i sincerely hope that it blew you guys away who've been waiting for this for decades but uh we've yeah. been waiting for this episode for a week and we've only got a week before our next recap and we uh, I, I will speak for luke on this and say we cannot wait for the yes. next one <laughs> it's that no it's it's the one before the finale so is it going to be big is it going to be yeah, the build up who knows we've only got a week to wait but is it going to be a long week yes it is but that is going to bring an end to our recap for this week for part six of ahsoka we'd love to know your thoughts on the episode do you agree with us do you think we're talking tripe let us know in the most lovely of way of course lukey boy where can the world find us online they can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk you can search for us on social media, like Instagram, X or Twitter, whatever the heck it's called at the moment. Uh, Facebook, TikTok, just search Star Wars Sessions and you'll find us there. Email us your reactions or thoughts or questions to hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk. We have a Patreon. We got a wicked Patreon watch along that we're doing next week on the 27th. That is going to be great. All of our patrons, we got on, we got on Zoom. We what we're and we're watching The Force Awakens all together. We're going to be chatting. We're going to be having snacks. All opinions are welcome as long as you're polite and respectful. Come along, sign up for the Patreon and, and, and come along. It's going to be a great fun. Two dollars gets you in the club and you get all that bonus content, mate. It's a no-brainer. A cup of coffee costs more. Come on. Come on, patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Yeah, Thrawn would be like, yeah, I, I, I get it. I, I agree with this. And if Thrawn says so, dig it. Uh, yeah, if you want to support the show for free, though, we appreciate you just listening to us. We genuinely, genuinely do. But if you wouldn't mind leaving us that five-star rating and review, we'd love for you just that 1% a bit more. It only takes a few seconds. By the time we finish the episode, you'd have done it three times over. So if you can do that, <laughs> we would genuinely, genuinely appreciate it. Those stars help the show grow gets more listeners in and it's another avenue for us to hear from all of you each and every week yes and please tell all your star wars friends about us tell your mum tell your dad tell your dad tell your nearest thrawn fan it's thrawn time <laughs> tell your ewok tell your cousin the more the merrier castle spicy yeah come on, come on yeah tell your nearest witch we're on a traffic cone on a bonce that this is the podcast you're looking for so until next time from me see ya and from luke May the force be with you always.